hello 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 everybody welcome back again i told you guys i would be back on tonight won't be before y'all long i gotta get some folks in here so bear with me as i get the rest of the folks that's gonna help me talk to y'all tonight all right so give me a second but while i'm doing that can you guys tell me how you are doing? I hope everybody is well. All right. We moving and shaking today, y'all. I know my nieces and nephews and my god babies went back to to school today. Um got pictures of everybody. Everybody was fly today. Everybody was fly today and I'm I'm excited for them. I'm praying that their school year goes well for them this year. That um everyone is covered by the blood and we don't see all of these school shootings and stuff like we saw last year at the end of the year uh, i know that you know talking to a lot of parents and teachers and stuff of that nature that was one of the concerns um going into the school year for school to get ready to start back is the security the well-being of the children wanting to make sure that everything was going to be okay and things of that nature and I'm I'm just praying that we have a better school year for them this year than we have had in a long time. All right. So with that being said, um, I just want to say hello, hello, hello again to everybody. I hope that everybody is having a wonderful night. Um, I thank the people that came on earlier with the resources uh, show with the Shrouders. They give out some really good nuggets and they talk about some really good stuff every time they come on. Um, and I, I absolutely love their energy um, and I love what they are. They are about and I'm so excited about where they're headed and where they're going. Um, and what I know that they're going to do and what the, what I know that the Lord is going to do through them, how he's going to use them to help people, uh, that needed the most. And I'm so excited, uh, for that. So 
tonight, tonight. Hey, authorist, how are you? Good evening, good evening, good evening. I got to have you back up here, ma'am, soon. So I need you to, to keep this date, authorist, October the 13th, 7 p.m. I need you to come on that night, ma'am. That is the night of our anniversary show. And I need you to come on and give us some words of encouragement, okay? I need you to be one of the one of the faces in the place. You don't have to stay on long. I just need you to pop on, encourage everybody. And, and if you're done, you're done. But October the 13th, 7 p.m., don't forget, okay? So, um, and anybody else that's watching that has been supporting us for a while, um, if you would like to come on to um, give words of encouragement for the host or to just say some things, uh, let me know so I can get you guys the link to the show that particular night. So again, save the date, October the 13th at 7 p.m. I will start um, putting out the flyer here soon. So thank you. I so appreciate you. I will start putting out the flyer here soon. Um, so that everybody can see it and everybody can get it. Um, I think this flyer I'm going to have made instead of me making it myself. Um, so I'm, I'm excited. I think that that's, that's what I'm going to do. I'm just excited about what I know uh, God is so capable of. And you'll be surprised how... Um, you know, we, we take the, the littlest things for granted, but it's the things that he does to, he said, he takes the things of the foolish, um, to confound the wise. That's what it says. Um, and you'll just be so surprised how sometimes what we, <laughs> what we think is foolish um, turns out to be such a actual powerful word or a powerful profound moment um, that that stays in our um, our soul and our well-being you know um, that that you just can't that nobody else can take away or justify you know, we hear songs that say, this joy I have, the world didn't give it in, the world can't take it away. And it's like that with, with people that we meet, um, things that happen. And just everyday life, sometimes um, the ways and the cares of life could bog us down, could beat us down um, in so many ways. And at the end of the day, we have to find a way to continue to keep pressing and move forward. It's not always easy to do so, but we have to find a way to continue to press forward and move on. If we dwell in it, we'll stay in it too long. I've learned that, that if we dwell in it, we will definitely stay in it way too long. And um, sometimes you'll stay in it too so long that it's hard to pull yourself out of it. And that's not where you want to see yourself. 
uh, a lot of us feel like we're in a moment of trying to play catch up because we feel like we have somewhere that we know we need to be. There are places that we know that we should have been way before now. And now we're playing catch up to try to get there. And let me say this. I don't care how much you feel like you tried to catch it up. You'll never be able to to catch it in the way that you're thinking you will catch it. And I say that because life happens every day, every single day. No aspect of your life is going to be the same every day. And even in the midst of that life happens, you have to continue on through death, grief, childbirth, raising children, being a wife, whatever it is that you whatever your functionality is. And you still have to do these things. In the midst of that, um, just like you know, my 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 mama told me that she was going back to school. I said, okay. I said, I'm gonna be here rooting for you in the spirit. I said, I I'll be here rooting for you in spirit because I know you know what she went through just to get her associates, and she's going back for her bachelor's. But I am proud of her for wanting to go back. And do it again, you know. Even though she saw how what it what it took for her to do to 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 do school this first time, that did not deter her from wanting to go back to complete a thing. And I'm and I and, and I take that with I say that with um, great pride in a good way because. It could have deterred her to say, I'm done with school. I did it. I accomplished it. And I'm not going back. But that's not what she did. <laughs> that's not what she did. She said, okay, I got it. I completed it. I, it was an achievement. And I'm proud of myself. But I feel like there's more. And because she felt like there was more, she's going back. So I'm happy for her. I feel like there's so much more in my life. That's why I don't stop. No matter what I feel like, no matter what it looks like and all of that good stuff, no matter what I see that may not match what, um, no matter what I see that may not match um, what has been spoken to me. You know, we, we look at things when people when people speak things into us and speak things over our lives and when we don't see those things manifesting, we begin to question God or question the, it, or question the people that said it, right? And what you have to realize is that uh, when it comes down to people speaking things over your life, you, one, have to believe it. You got to believe what's being spoken over you in order for 
it to be activated, you got to first believe it. Two, your faith has now had to go in action to start working towards this thing that has been spoken over you. And three, you have to maintain the posture in order to receive what has been spoken over your life. So a lot of people don't understand that. And then we get mad when we don't see the manifestation of a thing. But you can't get mad over something you didn't believe when they said it over you, when they spoke it over you the first time. Right? So why would you get, why would you be mad? You can't be mad. You can't be upset. Because you didn't believe it when it was spoken. This is the reason why you don't see it. This is the reason why it hasn't manifested. Because you didn't believe it. Now that you want it, and you feel like you can have it, now you want to believe it. But the question is, now is the season for what was spoken over you at that time? Is that season gone? You know, sometimes things can be spoken to us in a season. And in that season, if we do what we're supposed to do to get it, we'll have it. But if you wait and you try to go for something out of season, it won't happen. It won't come. And I don't know why I keep going back to that. Like the last few shows, I've I noticed that I keep, he keeps bringing me back to that about doing things in season and not doing them out of season. You know, like, like, uh, like authors. I'm, I'm, again, I'm so super proud of her. She has, uh, She's in school, too, as well. Um, I believe she's going for her master's now, I think. Um, and, you know, the each, each level, each level, it, it takes you to a different, a different part of yourself when it comes down to school, you know. And it, it, it takes you to a different part of yourself when it comes down to schooling. Um, and you, you get to see a different part of yourself because you have to reach deeper each time you go back to get more, right? And the, the, the deeper you reach, the more you find out about you and, and the deeper you pull, you pull some, uh, pull rabbits out your head sometimes that you didn't even know was there. You know, and and you be so, so super like, wow. Sometimes you'll even hear yourself say, I didn't even know that was in me. <laughs> you know, with some of the things you see and some of the things that, that you are able to accomplish because before you would not have allowed yourself to do so. If she didn't have a drive and a motivation to do it, she wouldn't be doing it. Same thing with my mom. If she didn't have a drive and a motivation to be doing it, it would not be it would not be happening. So 
And so that's my first question tonight. Right. Right. That's what I'm talking about. It, it takes you to different levels about yourself that will amaze you. And that's my first question tonight is what motivates you? What drives you? What motivates you to continue life? What drives you to want to continue to run on and see what the end going to be, as they say? You know, what, what motivates you? I, I just needed, I need y'all to talk to me. Hold on, y'all. I got people trying to come on in. Hey, coach. Hey, hey. Sorry. Hey. I'm gonna so have a situation. Oh, it's all right. It's all right. So, so tonight we just having a little chat. So it's, it's I've been talking about so far about um, I use school as the analogy of how college per se as the analogy of how um, people have that went and got their associates and then you go to the next level and you keep going to the next level. And how every time you go to a different level, you got to dig deeper in yourself. And as you dig deeper in yourself, you find out new things about yourself that you didn't find out when you went when you went for the associate's degree. You find out new things when you go for the bachelor's because every level is different. Mm -hmm. And the more that you have to dig deeper, the more you find out about yourself, you realize that there's a lot more to you than what you thought and how, um, you know, we as people have allowed society and other people to speak things over us or into us per se that we didn't even believe. Um, and this is the reason why there has been no manifestation of what has been spoken. Because in order, uh, if, if you think about prophecy, when people speak over you or speak into you, as they say, um, a lot of reason why prophecies don't come to pass is because one, you never believed the person that spoke it to you in the first place. You know, one, you got to believe it. Two, then you got to put your faith in action and get to work. And three, maintain the process to receive it and and a lot of people don't understand that and this is what we're talking about tonight so my first question of the night was i asked the folks i said well what motivates you what is it that motivates you to just live life what is it that motivates you to continue to want to run on and see what the end gonna be as the old folks used to say mm -hmm. You know, what, what is it that motivates you? Because if you're being motivated 
by the wrong thing, then, you know, that motivation ain't going to last for just so long. That's true. That's really true. I um I can relate to all of it. I can relate to the stair stepping um in school. I started out my first um education that I got was as a hairstylist because I didn't understand how school worked in the first place. Had never been in college and all of my family, the majority are out of state. So for the ones here, nobody had been to college. So I was the first one going to college here didn't understand um, financial aid or any of that other kind of stuff. So, but I started out with um, a cosmetology degree and then I went because they said you need to have some type of um, medical experience and cosmetology, they lead you to believe that, um, oh, well, you're going to have some science classes and stuff like that, which you do, but not to the magnitude you need to become a registered nurse, which, which was my goal. Okay. Um, so I ended up going, working in a nursing home for a year, year and a half, um, and applied to nursing school. I started my prereqs, um, at the associate level because I had children and a, fa a whole family, um, a husband and all of that. So I wanted to, um, not, I wanted to be able to work quicker than going for a bachelor. So I started at the lower level, like you said, got my associates which was hard, but as you say, each level was different. Each level required different training. Each level the, the um, required different knowledge. Um, got the bachelor's, went back and got my master's, um, a dual master's. So now I'm studying business and I'm studying medical, healthcare management, and I'm like, whoosh, it actually had a, a nursing piece to it, which I later dropped because it was just a lot. So each level that you go to has different requirements. And the higher you go in education, the more your knowledge base has to be, the more work you have to put in. The, like you say, the more you learn about you, more so your abilities than your lack of abilities, if that makes sense. Because mm -hmm. when I started out in associate's degree, I just like, oh, this is so hard. and I don't think I can do this. And you know, whining, complain, and grumble, but I had a why. Right. Um, my reason was to take care of my children and be able to provide for them so that they would not have to experience some of the things that I went through and that I can pave the way, be a trendsetter or a trailblazer, as the name of the shows, um, our, the station is. I wanted to be a trailblazer, and I wanted to set the tone for those coming behind me. So we all have a why. But my ultimate why is to accomplish what God purposed me to be here for in the first place. Right. Then going through those levels, it was always for everybody but me. If that make if that makes sense. Right. So. so when so at so at what point or at or or is it at that point now that you would say that is now for you? And not for everybody else. Now for me, absolutely. Um, honestly, I got divorced in 2017. And when I got divorced in 2017, it's like I, I just really sat back over those years. While those uh, well, Divorce kind of pulled, dragged out a little bit over a year. But during the time that the divorce, I was going through the divorce, I really did a real analysis of my life. 
from childhood to then. And I realized that I, um, I really forsake myself. You know, I didn't do for myself. Everything that I did was for everybody. And that's partially because of the way that we were taught. We were taught that self-care was self, self, selfish and that you need to focus on everybody but yourself. So I always did that. I was the oldest in my family. Um, in my home, it was six of us. I was the oldest. My mom was single at the time and had to work. She was a nurse also. And so I was the big sister. So I was, you know, responsible for them after I ran all the babysitters away. <laughs> and I truly did run the babysitters away. That's a whole nother show. But um, I felt like I was big enough for us to take care of ourselves. So I ran the babysitters away and I had to be the big sister. So I had to know, I had to learn how to cook. I had to learn how to, you know, keep the house clean. Um, if they needed help with homework, try to supervise them as best I could. But yeah, it was for everybody but me. And as I went through that phase in my divorce, I can remember when I walked out of the room for from the arbitrators because we had to go to arbitration first and then if that didn't work we go to court we were able to work things out in arbitration and i walked out that room i was my my attorney was like look when you walk out this room don't walk out all excited or anything like that walk out normal like you came in so i walked out the room and one of my friends went with me and we went in the bathroom and we was just dancing and thanking god and praising god one that it was over and one that what I prayed for, I got exactly what I prayed for. Not not less, not more, exactly. Because I wanted it to be fair for both of us. So, yeah, when I walked out of there, I said, now I'm going to live for me. And I'm going to get back to me. And, but this is the funny thing. I thought I knew me at that point. And I don't know if it's going to make sense to you. But I didn't even know who I was. Because I had all of my life been doing everything for everybody else I lost me I transformed into who everybody needed me to be and didn't even know right. so I know that sounds crazy but I totally lost me so over the last four years I've truly been getting back to me learning who I am what I like why I like it because I mean I like to dress a certain type of way I'm not a fancy dresser that uh, dresser I like to dress down most of the time but when I dress up I want to dress up a certain way and see, people start seeing me like, wow, that's how you dress? Well, I changed my hair color because my husband didn't like burgundy. And I wore my hair burgundy. And he was like, oh, we dated. He loved burgundy. The moment we got married, why do you wear that color? I don't like that color. I changed the color of my hair. The church I was going to, why are your dress is so short? You need to, the dress need to be below your knee. You got to wear stockings. I don't like none of that. I want to wear pants. How about that? So as I transformed, after my divorce, I started doing things the way I wanted to do it, not the way everybody thought I should do it, because after all, it's my life. And we get to choose whether it's good, bad, or indifferent, whether it's right or wrong. God gave us the, the right to choose for ourselves. So I chose me and I do. And I, I'm so I have so much peace now because I do it for me. And I still do things for everybody else, don't get me wrong. But as a uh, trauma recovery coach, as a registered nurse and a chaplain, I've taken numerous disaster training class. And one of the first things that they teach you in disaster training is you're no good to anybody else until you're good to yourself. Mm -mm -mm. 
that that statement says a lot. That is it, it says a whole lot. Yeah. And, and I bet you it, it does like this to some people. Yeah. I, I bet you we could just do this to some I think people. When you talk about being good to yourself, it there are so many layers to being good to yourself when we when we if we're, when we talk about that. You know, one of those things is forgiveness of self and forgiveness of others. I mean, I talked about this uh, last Wednesday and it's forgiveness of self and others is, I think is like one's easy. Well, both are not easy, but one's slightly easier than the other. Forgiveness of self is the one that's the most difficult. Mm -hmm. Uh, Forgiveness of others. Well, that's that's not as it's it's easy but it's not hard but it's, it's hard but it's not but it's not necessarily easy either it just goes about you know you telling that person can you forgive me for what i've done and they and they can choose to whether to forgive you or not forgive you and it goes vice versa but forgiveness of self is the probably the, the hardest thing to do because there's so many things that you're trying to that you want to forgive yourself of or give yourself absolution from and you know, some people try want to try to forgive themselves for just one small thing. Why not just forgive yourself for everything, for for all for every every error that you've made and every mistake you made and every wrong decision or lapse in judgment? I mean, I don't see why people look at it from the micro when it should be looked at from the macro. That's good, right? right. That's good. And you know, this is the funny thing. Um, listening to you talk is what we ultimately need to do is see ourselves the way God sees us. That's it. That's what I had to start doing because until I could see me the way God saw me and love me the way that God loved me, mm-hmm. I not like myself at all. Yeah. Because of some decisions that I made in the past um, that I was not pleased with. And you're absolutely right. I forgave everybody. I even forgave God because Christ is kept. I was mad at him too. Right. And we get like that from time to time. And I think and this funny thing that everybody says that, well, you don't have you don't have a right to be mad at God. Well, why not? He never said he never said that we can't be mad. I mean, it's only gonna be it's only a it's only gonna be a temporary thing anyway. But why I can't be? Well, you don't have the right to be. Well, why can't I be? You did and when you ask that, when you challenge folks with that question, they don't get an answer, and then you're like, Well, okay. Let's try something different then, you know, or you just have that conversation with God yourself. And, well, God, I'm kind of, I'm kind of, I'm kind of peed right now at you, but that doesn't, that don't mean I don't, that I, that I don't, that I don't praise you. I don't love you or I don't magnify you. I'm just peed. I'm just peed at you right now. I just I'm trying to get some answers to some questions that I ain't been able to get answers to. Hopefully you can help me out. You know, if you can't, I mean, I understand, but I mean, I just don't get why people try to say that you that most that people don't have a right to be with be have a right or have a right or the ability to be angry at God. I mean, anger is just like I mean, you can you can be angry with God and still and still have praise and still magnify and still glorify him. And that I don't see I don't see where those I don't see where those two don't and I don't see where those two, you know, deviate. Because things happen and sometimes we all we ask the question, well, God, why? And then we don't get answered. Then we get a bit, we get a bit perturbed. And then, you know, you still ask the question and you still don't get the answer. And that's where the anger comes in. But I don't see why people can't, I don't see why, why the two, those two things can't, I don't see why those two things don't, can't coexist. 
well, you know, this is the thing. Um, in inner healing and deliverance, that's what we teach. We teach you to forgive others, forgive yourself, and to forgive God. And the reality is, I don't care what people say, people get mad at God. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. And, and, and so you have to, if you got mad at him, then you have to forgive him like you forgive everybody else. And to qualify why I got mad, it was because of my faith. I believed so much that he could and he would do something that I know he's capable of doing it and it didn't happen. Right. And said, Fred, I questioned, well, why? My brother was murdered and um, I, be I believe that you can raise, I believe the dead can be raised. You know, I believe that the sick can be healed. I believe that miracle signs and wonders can follow us because it's worth it. And I believe so much. And I know people think it's crazy and it's far-fetched, but I believe it. I believe, I don't care. Lazarus was dead and stinking as they say he was in the grave so long. They don't embalm their people over there. And I'm mm -hmm. sure hot. So I know he had to be stinking. Um, but Jesus said Lazarus come forth and he came forth. And so I, yeah. I'm crazy enough to believe his word. And because I'm crazy enough to believe his word, when it didn't manifest, when they closed that casket, locked it and put it in that car to ship to Alabama to be buried, I lost it. And I'm like, okay, God, I, I don't understand it. And I, and maybe I should have been a little more patient and maybe I should have talked to him and prayed to him. But at that time, my brother was murdered. So I'm mm. angry that he was murdered in the first place. Right. And now I'm seeking God and, and laying before God and believing God to bring him back. And he did. And so um, I was angry. And I'm going to be honest, very transparent. I'm going to always be transparent because maybe it'll help somebody. Right. I was, I was, I walked away from the church for two years. I told Coco about this before, and when Ooh. I came back, I didn't realize it. I was like, "Whoa, I could have died out there." He didn't have to. I walked from under. He don't leave us, but we absolutely can leave him. And so I'm like, "Ooh, did I walk from under his grace and mercy? What did I do? Like I just totally." left church and i didn't I, I wouldn't even think about it i went christmas mother's day and easter like some a lot of folks do because i was dropping my kids off and i stayed with them for those holidays mm -hmm. i didn't stop taking them i just didn't want to go because i wanted answers and i eventually got those answers because i realized that we we get the right to choose and some of our choices will put us in positions where hey this was this is just the consequence of of your choice and so it was the people that he hung around that he thought what his friends were not. So mm -hmm. you can't blame God, but you don't blame him because at first you don't understand. But when he gives you revelation and you begin to understand why certain things have to happen, and then there are some things we're never going to know. Because right. as the old folks say, you'll understand better by and by. Um, so, you know, but right. I, <laughs> I really had to walk that out. I was angry. I did not just... And one of my brothers, I had two brothers. The first one that got murdered um, was in college. I don't know if you guys heard of Wayne State University, but it's one of the major uh, universities in the nation. Um, he was going to mortuary science school to become a mortuary science scientist. He was working at a funeral home and got killed because he connected with the wrong woman. That, and so, and love I, it. Oh, you're talking about angry. Not only was I angry at God, but I was looking for those people. I'm telling you, I was so angry. 
Um, but again, I had to walk that thing out and I had to forgive them. The people that killed my brother and they got away with it. Um, and the guy that killed my brother, not only did he get away with it, he went back to school, became a paralegal and worked in the very. What? Dang. Wow. Wow. That's deep. I think she froze. Yeah, she did. That's there she deep. go. <laughs> Say something. I can't hear you. Okay. That's deep. Wow. Is it me or I can't hear her? You can't hear. She got to go out and come back in. I mean, but that's. Was the, it me or I can't hear her? No, it, she, you couldn't hear. Oh. Uh, okay. So, I mean, that's deep, though. He became a I can't hear you now either. Hold on. Yeah. You can't hear me either? Okay. Uh, well, Dag Burning. Okay, for those, for I can't those hear that you are watching. I can't hear you now, sis. Hold on a second. Let me make an adjustment to my to my man, to my microphones. I don't know my speakers. For those that are watching, please tell me in the comment section if y'all can hear me. Okay. I'm gonna refresh and come back in real quick. Dag Burning. Say something, coach. Hello. Okay. You can hear me? Yes. Okay. Fred can't hear me, so I don't know what was going on. Yeah, I don't know either. Everybody just started buffing. I'm like, I didn't even bring my computer in here today. I'm on my phone because of the computer issues. But yeah, that was that was a that was a turmoil. And so that we all go through that, you know, we all go through those phases. So for people to say, and I'm not, I can't say all, so let me say a lot of people. Because you can never say all, because it's always going to be one person that never did get angry with God. You know what I'm saying? But I did. And I did more than once. Okay. All right. Hey, Miss BB. How are you? Thank you for joining us tonight. You say, hey, sis. All right. I mean, that's deep. You 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 made me pause when you said he became a whole paralegal. And what was the what was the last part you said before you froze? I said he became a paralegal and he worked in the very prosecutor's office where he was being charged with my brother's death. Ain't that some stuff? Yeah. Wow. wow. And guess what? My sister had to work with him every day, work in the same building with him. But she's, listen, I worked across the street at the jail. She worked in the prosecutor's office. God knew what he was doing because the anger that I had at that point, had I seen him, I would have been in jail. And I'm just going to be real. You know, I, we have to remember one thing, and I'm not going to ever try to act like I have arrived. As Paul says, I die daily. I die daily. And we're human. We are human. And so yeah, that we are. At the end of the day, I, I, I don't know if I would respond the same now. I'm more, more uh, mature spiritually than I was when those things occurred. 
And I really realize and understand more now who the true enemy is and who to really fight. So um, I don't, when I see things happening, I look more at Satan than I do the people. But at the end of the day, it doesn't matter who it is. They're the vehicle, you know, through which he's doing what he's doing. So, um, yeah, I just, I just really think that at some point we have to uh, allow room for people to be human. Right. I, I think that that's half of the problem is that we don't allow people to have human moments. And then when they do, um, we have so much to say. Yeah, because yeah, we want to we want to throw them under a bus. That goes back to the grace and mercy thing I talked about uh, Wednesday. Right, but that's that's the whole point. People don't know how to operate in grace and mercy. Mm-mm. But but also we don't know how to give ourselves that same thing. That's that same that same parameter either. Because how can we give? How can how can we? give other people grace when we don't give it to or we don't give it to ourselves. Right. We can add, we can ask, we can ask folks to give us grace and mercy all day, but when, but what, but when we don't extend it to ourselves, I mean, how does that work? How does that work? Honey, the, the, the thing of it is, is we ask for grace and mercy all the time. That's, that's, that's the, that's the crazy part. We'll ask for grace and mercy all the time. And then you got all of these people that you hear them when they praying, when they praying or or they just giving their testimonies, they thanking God for his grace and mercy all the time. But if you can thank him for his grace and mercy because he showed it upon you, but you don't know how to 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 extend show it. it upon extend it to somebody else. I I you you remember when I did the show, um when I did the show the night when I talked about and I said, Don't be so quick to throw. Um, when I, I made the statement, I said, don't be so quick to throw your Judas away. Exactly. Yeah, um, I remember that. I remember because, that. Of, because of the fact that Judas was the person that was sent to get Jesus to his predestined place. Exactly. Peter, on the other hand, chose to deny him because that's what he chose to do. Exactly. When people try to put them in the same suit, it's not the uh, same. It's not the Peter, same made, Peter could have made a different decision. Exactly. You see what I'm saying? Judas's thing was it was meant to happen that way. Yeah. At the end of the day, he got paid to do what he did. And even after he got payment, he couldn't even spend it. Mm-hmm. He just tossed it because he couldn't even do nothing with it. And then if you go and read further along in the Bible, it tells you that he went and he killed himself. Mm-hmm. Because of what he because he knew what he had done the after he did, right and, and the biggest thing is is when you know the thing of it Jesus walked around with his betrayer the whole time and knew that that's who he was. Did he throw him away? No, nah. he actually kept him closer to him instead of tossing him to the side. <laughs> He but looked at he. I mean, he. That's the. That's the thing. He looked at him and he said, "Whatever you about to do, I need you to do it. But go do it quickly." Oh my God! But the funny and, thing and, about that is, the thing of it is, is, is we we as people just as soon as somebody rubs us wrong, 
You just want to dismiss them. But I asked, I, I asked you, and I'm gonna be honest, what gives you the right? Hmm. Because God ain't dismissed you. If that, he was to dismiss us like we dismiss people, baby. Because that's our human nature. Right. But this is the thing, yo, that it don't have to be your nature. If you don't want it to be. No. I can say that because I, let me tell you something. This, 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 uh, this, this, this halfway, not all the way chocolate in between red bone chick. You look at that right here. I hate <laughs> it, people. Do you understand what I'm saying? Yeah. I had a strong dislike for people, but I messed around and said when I went on my first fast, I said, "God, I don't like people, but you love them. So if you want me to love people." You got to give me the heart that you got for them. And why'd I do that for? Because that's exactly what he did. You got you to be careful. Ask if you, you, you shall receive. <laughs> right. You, you got to be careful what you ask for. Because he did just that. I mean, when I say people have done me dog dirty, honey, and I have looked at them in their face and hugged them the very next day. Mm-hmm. And, and people, how? People that knew situation, how can you help? Because that's what they need. Probably gave you that. Probably gave you that funny look. Like, what's wrong with her? But it it won't about them. I had to do what I had to do. True. How can you help? Because it's what they need. What I have realized is that sometimes when people hurt you, they hurt you because they hurt. And they have been hurt. They yeah. have not healed yet. And because they haven't healed, they're just looking for somebody else that they can hurt. hurt if people you hurt can people. get them to the point where you can get them to understand, I'm not here to hurt you. I don't care what you have done to me. I'm still not going to hurt you back. Mm-hmm. But it's, I, need but it's, you, I need you to understand that. I'm still not going to hurt you back. I'm not going to do to you what you have done to me. So let's make that clear. But see, the fun thing what happens is when you say when you tell somebody that when you come at them when you know that they've done something malicious to you and oh, you yeah. come at them in with complete and total benevolence, like throw it throws them off because they because they're look they're looking for they're looking for a hard shot to come and it don't come like they're bracing for a hard shot, like I'm finna get hit, and then all of a sudden it don't come, and they're like, damn, I didn't get hit yet. What happened? Nah, you just nah, you caught you caught me at a time where I wasn't where I wanted to hit you, but I ain't gonna hit you. Right. Because I don't I, have I don't have to. I have realized that especially now in my adult life, and especially really for real, now at the age that I am at, one, everything don't deserve a reaction. Nope. Two, I'm not giving everything my energy. Because one. I don't have a whole lot of energy to spend. Exactly. And I'm not going to give something that don't deserve it, my energy, because I can't get it back. Nope. You understand? So why would I waste energy on something that ain't worth it? And plus that energy is way too important to expend. Right. I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to keep... It's just like I said, what, last week or the week before? You know, you can use the analogy... Of the lady that that kept pouring the oil in the empty pots, like the prophet Elijah told her to, you could do that. You could use that analogy, but you know what? 
the whole point was those vessels she poured into were empty so they could be filled but yeah. i'm not going to pour into something that's almost full to the brim to pour into it and it's running over and i know that that particular vessel ain't going to go out and pour into somebody else mm -hmm. i'm not going to do that why would i continue to waste that type of energy it's just like a person that that feels like they are no longer teachable because you feel like you got all the knowledge you need to have baby no. you're supposed to remain teachable life is a whole learning lesson until the day you shut your eyeball if you feel like you ain't gonna learn nothing else then you have fit you got your purpose there ain't nothing else for you to know okay so are you ready to meet the lord if that's what you want then okay but you need to watch what you say because you have not arrived. The day that you feel like you have arrived, then you are no more earthly good. That's, that's funny part of man. Funny part about it is we 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 won't ever some some of us won't ever arrive. I don't feel like we'll ever arrive. I mean, I, I do believe that there are some people that come along and they give you everything they got. And you know when they time is up. And I truly believe that. I, I I have always believed that older folks, especially older folks back in the day, I could I mean, I could count it and know it when it was daytime, the certain things about them would change, and I would just know. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? Coming, I would just know, especially being Indian heritage, heritage mostly, and our older people, they skin change. Their eyeballs change, and you know that yep. it's that time for them, yep. and their hair color will change. So when yep. all of these things start changing, and they get dark, and their eyeballs start getting real, real light, and every stuff start changing colors, and they start talking about themselves in third person, like they already gone, mm -hmm. and, and 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 all of that type of stuff, you know that it's that time. Yeah, we used to know because they will be like. Um, I need it. I want everybody to get together. Mm, when yep. the older folks used to call everybody together, baby, you better go get everybody. Because yep. they calling everybody together for a reason. And I can guarantee you, not too long after that, that lovely reunion, that particular person was gone. Yeah. And you had you have to know that even now. That's why you have to be careful with the people, the people that you entertain it. You gotta give honor while honor is while it's due. You don't know when a person's time is up. You can't say that. That's not your place. The Bible says that no man knows the day nor the hour. That's what it says. We don't know. We don't know when that's our time. For prime example, T. Was we expecting the T to be going right now? No. T was T was too busy up here having fun with us. We was not expecting to be having his memorial in May. That was so unexpected and so left field that it just threw everybody for a loop. Because at the end of the day, yeah, in his last moments and at his last time, stuff became so profound to him, and I was so glad. Mm -hmm. And that's what you have to be happy about. I yep. look at I look at the changes you have made, Fred, and I tell you all the time to be proud of yourself. If ain't nobody else proud of you, be proud of yourself. 
see the changes that you have see the change in yourself because the first change you want to see gotta be in you my granddaddy used to tell me that coming up all the time he was like look the first change you want to see gotta be it gotta start with you first yeah be proud of you when you see that change be proud of you when you know you are not that old you i am so proud oh god i'm so grateful i am not the old me man because honey the hood version of me is something you don't want what that i'm so glad that i know how to put that person on the back burner and not have to bring her out unless i got to and prayerfully she ain't never got to come out she could just stay back there chilling ah. they, they don't want to meet rebecca right you know <laughs> hopefully that that part of you never has to come to the forefront and at the end of the day i'm so glad so so glad because now I sit back and I understand it. I get it. I get it. I used to wonder. I used to watch stuff and be like, Lord, if that's that's what you you say you got for me, I don't want to be nothing like none of them people. Man. I, I, I used to say that because I would look at them living one way in the church and another way outside the church. And I'd be like, oh, no, mm -mm. If, if that's what you got in store for me, you can keep it. I, I don't want to be nothing like that. And I used to be just as blunt about it and would say it right there in the church house. And, and wouldn't care who got mad. They'd be looking at me like, oh, bring her up to the, I'm not coming up to the altar. You're not touching me. You ain't finna lay not nay hand. You ain't finna slather me with not nay bit of oil. You need to deliver yourself first and then I'll think about coming back. And I used to be just that bold with it. Still am though. But I'm just saying, you can't, you can't, it's just like I couldn't sit here and tell coach, well, coach, I need to do da 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 or you should do this, but I know good and dang on well, there's something I wouldn't go do myself. That's like the pot calling the kettle black. Mm -hmm. And that's the problem that the quote unquote unchurched got with the church. This is the reason why they don't like to come. They like, yo, you act like you ain't never been out in the, you act like you you came out oh, your mother's room and shaved. And you didn't. Look. You, you didn't come out the womb ready to go for the Lord. That's not how that worked. Man. You had to grow into that. You didn't come out ready. It's something you had to learn and walk into man and and that's that's the whole that's the whole point about that at the end of the day i can't say nothing about what it took for you to get to where you are with god yep. that is your relationship that was your process my yep. process your process are not the same nope my process was if i don't go to the lord i'm gonna die i know i'm gonna die so let me get let me get it together. That was a choice I had to make, and I had to make it right then. Yeah, I had that was that that was that whole uh uh what you call it that verse in the Bible where he said, "Choose ye this day who, who you serve." Okay, that was that particular moment for me, and I made a choice. 
It was not something that was pressed upon me to do. It was not something that was forced upon me to do. I did it on my own. Right. And, and, and I did it on my own. So at the end of the day, I can't make your decisions for you. I can't oh. say, I can't say, Fred, you should be in church on Sunday. Fred, you should be in Bible study. Fred, you should be. I can't say that to you because that's something that you have to want. But do those things make you save and or not? No. Heck no. No. At the end of the day, your soul salvation is your relationship <laughs> with the Lord. It's not the fact whether you show up at the building. And that's, but, that's hey, Miss April. It's but it's not funny. the fact whether you, you show up in the building or not. Your relationship it was, is what says whether you saved or not. But it's funny, though, how some, not all, because I'm not going to make, I'm not going to put a blanket statement out there. Mm-hmm. So I'll say some, how some Christian, black Christian churches correlate the two and make them synonymous with each other. Oh, you got to be in a building to be saved. Who, who said that? But the problem is this, the building is, is not the church. The people are right. the church. So wherever you go, the church goes. And that's the problem. A lot of people go to the building and expect the church to be in the building and everybody in the building is not the church. That's oh, it. Yes, indeed. And it's got and it's more, it's got to be more to more to it than just the four walls. Yeah, it's 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 totally not about the four walls. Right. And you know, and I think I I can only and I and again I can only speak from my personal perspective. And I and I touched on it a little bit uh last Wednesday about why my relationship with the church is quote unquote, and I won't even say quote unquote, is fractured. When you, I mean, I don't, you, and again, this is some, not all. And some could be a small number or it can be a large number. Either way, it at this point, at this particular juncture, it doesn't matter. But again, some, not all. We, people go to some of these churches and they're looking to be, they're looking to hear not necessarily hear a right hear a you know a feel good sermon but they want they want to be taught they want to be they want to be they want to be fed they want to be they want to be loved upon by people outside outside of their own circle and when that doesn't have that doesn't necessarily happen then there's resentment there or when you try to you put something you try to say so you try to explain or express what and how you feel and there's pushback or there's or it's met with you know incorrect teaching or or better yet even hostility then that it puts people in a puts people in the wrong in a it puts people it it alienates people it makes them feel like they don't belong it makes them feel like they don't belong there or they don't belong in that particular church family and for a while that was for a while that was my experience you know, so for me, it for me it just became <laughs> it just became a thing. I'm a, I'm only going I'm only going because my because I was only going because of my ex wife and my kids. They were the only reason I would get up and go, put on clothes, get in the car, and go. They were the only reasons I would do that. Because at that point, 
I had spirit. I had spiritually checked out. I was. A, wow. I was. A, I wasn't even. In, I was. I wasn't even in a building <laughs> at that point because I had checked out. I, I checked out, and I think a lot. Some. A lot of. A lot. A lot of people spiritually check out because it, because they feel it's not conducive to who that is. Well, I get that, Simone. However, how there's a how there's a large there's a large however on that. Now there's no push. There's not not going to be a lot of pushback on that. But for me, there's a however, and I have to say this because that because unfortunately that was my experience. You know, when you don't so, when when you spiritually check out, you don't want to be by you don't want to be bothered. You or you just go for the sake of going or for the sake of the people that that are in your household. So um, the word of God says to try the spirit by the spirit and see if it is of God. Um, if the spirit is not the right spirit, then more than likely, just because they're in the four walls does not mean that they are the church. And so I think um, and this is me because I've been through a whole lot inside the four walls. Right. As much as I would love to be outside of the four walls, I love to be in the four walls more than I like being outside. I like virtual church. Don't get me wrong. But it's something about coming together. However, I think that the assembly doesn't necessarily mean to be in the four walls. I just think, think it means when the Bible said, well, two or three are gathered in my name that I am the, in the midst I, I know it says, how can you hear without a preaching? How can you preach yourself? You be sent. But we all are, um, we have to remember that every in the biblical days, that going to the main tabernacle was not something that was done daily and weekly. It was done for the feasts and things of that nature. People met in homes, what now we call them parachurches. So um, what church looks like to us today is not what church was like in biblical times. And so I think that, um, absolutely, I agree. Right. But you working out your soul salvation more than in the church. You lead right. us. What, what they say, the, the cliche that they use is you enter to worship and you depart to serve. And mm -hmm. so when you leave, you working out your own soul salvation with fear and trembling outside the walls. You're not in the church before God every second in the church building to, to walk out your soul salvation, to fight. Right. And to reject uh, things that come up against you and so that it'll flee from you. All that stuff is done outside the church. And really, you have to have support more than on Sundays and on Wednesdays or whatever day Bible class for an hour or two hours. So that thing is, is more um, uh, a connection with not just God, but also with the people of God, the true people of God. Right. And I think, too, it, it goes back to what we were talking about, too, earlier, Fred, is that everybody, everybody's, um, uh, what's the word I could use? Everybody's one, since we, we were talking about relationship, everybody's relationship with God ain't the same. Mm -hmm. If it, I mean, if, if you were to encounter, even if you would have encountered me back in the day. First right. coming to meet me and me meeting you inside a church building, that is that is not would not have been my response to you. I would not have um a whole lot to say 
about your opinion because when I first came into the Lord, I was very opinionated and still am. Right, right. Because because I do know the word. I've read it. I actually went to school for it. And I got questions. So if you say something to me, um, I'm going to say, oh, well, you know, well, but the Bible says this. And when you come back to some leaders, they don't like it when you do that. Because you do have some leaders that don't like it when there's somebody that they feel like is that no more than them in the room. Because then they shut you down and be like, oh, no, no, we, we don't we don't talk about that here. Right. I, I've, you know, I, I've been dealt with that, you know, been hit with that multiple times. Right. You know, and with all of that being, with all of that being said, you have to know if you were sent to this place that you went to. And if you weren't sent there, then you don't have to be there. You know, when you are sent to a place because you'll be accepted. But at the same time, the Bible tells you that, you know, Jesus wasn't even accepted in his own home. And he wasn't. He wasn't accepted in his own from his home, his own hometown. They didn't like him. Some of them didn't. Mm-hmm. And at the end of the day, I mean, think about it. When it came down time for him to go to the cross, look at who they chose. Yeah. I mean, they said, I- give us uh, give us a uh, Barabbas. You could you kill him. We'll take him, though. Mm-hmm. That's, and that's exactly how they did it. No, with no, it won't no thought. Give us that one. You could kill him. You could put him on the cross. Mm-hmm. But they regretted it after he went to the cross. And you know, we we had a conversation, um, right? Or if you stayed in the place too long, right, Quint? And it's just like we we had a conversation about it. Um, I think it was like two three weeks ago, maybe. Um, where they talked about that particular situation. When Jesus went to the cross, people was like, if it was you, what do you think that the people said afterwards? And I said, for me, I feel like after it was over, they was like, what mistake did we just make? What did we just do? After they realized who they actually crucified. Because for a lot of them, they really did not realize who they crucified until they crucified him. It's a difference when you hear of the things he had done. Mm -hmm. And then when he get on the cross, you go to pierce him in the side, it's water coming out his side and blood at the same time. But you see water coming out first. And it tells you that out of his belly flows the what? So when they pierced him, that's what came out. And then they would just, it's all the things they did to him to try to be funny. You put the thorns on his head. He asked you for something to drink. You put vinegar to his mouth. Mm -hmm. All the, the stuff that you did that you felt like you could do to try to torture this man. But why? You know, what What? What did you get from the whole torture point? You know, whatever you felt like you was getting from. At the end, I truly feel like the ones that when that sky went dark on the lovely movie, when they show it, they were all like, what did we do? 
And I truly believe that that's, that's where they were. And at the end of the day, you know, we we have to sit back and say, okay, well, now that you know, you know what he went to the cross for you for. Now that you know that he went so he could take this upon himself so that you wouldn't have to. Mm-hmm. Can we honestly say that we would have switched places? Uh, No. Can we say that we would have made it through it? Right? Can, can we say that we could have done that? Can, can we say that if it was our turn to say, okay, we, you got to go on the cross. You got to be whipped. You got to be humiliated. You got to be this. You got to do that. All of this just to prove to people that you love them enough to want to see them this way. Could you say that you could do that? And it, it goes back to the part of the Bible. And I want to say, is it Proverbs coaching? You can correct me if I'm wrong. What he says, that is, is what he says about lay, uh, laying your life down for a friend. Mm hmm. I'm not sure. I can't remember what that is either. But yeah, it talks. Yeah, about- I think I think it's, it's I think it's Proverbs. And at the end of the day, and can you say that you would do that? But do you really realize what that statement means? Mm-hmm. Especially now, because now your your life is you stopping what you're doing. You know what I mean? Not necessarily you actually physically laying your physical life down. For somebody, but can you just get outside of yourself for somebody else? Yeah, you know my you God. know what I'm saying? And that's like the biggest thing. Like, I, I really, 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 in these last, I don't know, maybe three, four years, I have really started taking the word for exactly what it is. Mm-hmm. Not saying that I didn't before, but now, honey, I take that thing for exactly what it say. And, 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 and you have to, you have to be, thank you. I appreciate you, Simone. John 15 and three. Okay. And, and, and that's what you have to do. Would you be willing? You know what I'm saying? And yeah, I get outside of myself with people all the time. But can I say that I have, I would have been willing to take Jesus's place on the cross. I'm not going to lie to nobody and say the answer is yes. Because I can't say that. When you when you look at people now and you say, oh, this is who I got to go get my life up for. But they don't even want you. But this is who you want me to go get my life up for. And that's how that's how some people are today when it comes down to you as leadership. This this is. This is who am I? Is that really my assignment? You don't think leaders question it? Don't think they don't? Because it's a lot. Leadership is a heavy weight. Don't let nobody fool you and tell you that it's an easy job because it's not. Especially when you got a congregation of folks to deal with 
And don't be a, a an apostle that got multiple ministries. Because then you got your personal congregation and the four, five more that you got to deal with. Mm -hmm. All of these phone calls is coming to you. Lord. Because you the overseer. You got to handle all of this. And this is what happens. Imagine how God feels about us. He got a whole bunch of people he got to deal with. Yeah. And, and and not all of us are the same. Not everybody is not where where we are, where where we want to obey the instructions. You got some people just starting out. You go, you got the babes in Christ. Then you got the ones that don't know him at all. Right. Yeah. And it is the whole point of we got to, we got to go get the ones that don't know him. We we too busy still trying to go after the ones that's already sitting in the pews when they should know him already. But we have to be careful with that because they don't. Right. And I tell you, I used to be that person. Right. In the pews and was going out of obligation and didn't really know the word like that. I eventually did, you know get into it and really started having relationship and really started learning it. But there are you know, um, a lot of preachers use the analogy of the church being a hospital and there's sick people there. And right. so I, that's another reason why when people come into the building and they don't see things the way they think it should be, they go back out and they, you know, really turned off by what they see. Right. Because expecting everybody to be right. And But no, just like I came, I came sick to get well, too. So we have to really change how we look at going into the church building. We have to really look at that because everybody is not at, people are at all different levels. And that's why having discernment and um, really knowing, testing the spirits. Right. Knowing who that person really is will help us because if we could really discern where people are, then we wouldn't be so offended by what they do and we'd be right. more willing to help or, you know, understand if we just could really see people for who they are and where they are. Right. Amen. I absolutely. Right. I mean, it, it's, it's to the point now, you know, where like, you want you want to see everybody make it in, right? Mm -hmm. But you know at the end of the day, it's just not realistic. Because there are going to be some that just won't. I mean, look, look at all the people that consider themselves mm -hmm. atheists per se. Mm -hmm. You know, that, I mean... They ain't number people that used to be deliver, be believers. Some of and them actually are. and actually still are. Honestly, are but I know some that's never believed anything. Yeah. Right, and, and and actually still are. Actually, you know, they to to me, and you know, we we beg to differ. I've been in rooms with atheists before and had conversations. You know, at at the end of the day, I I flat out told some of them, "You were once a believer." And you were a believer that became offended. Mm -hmm. 
And because you became offended, you decided to walk away. Yeah. But, you know, just because you leave church don't mean you have to leave God. Right. Say this. I still, when I walked away from the church, and even though I was mad at God, I still talked to him regularly. You know what I'm right. saying? Because I wanted answers, and he was the only one that can give them to me. Some people do walk away from church and God. But right. just walk away from church don't mean you have to walk away from God. Because when you walk away from God, you really walk away from your lifeline. Right. Um, God is, is really our source for everything that we need. And sometimes he'll use people, and sometimes he'll do things himself. But when right. we, cut, we cut him off. And we uh, we just put ourselves in a bad situation. And that's why when I made it back, I was so elated. And I was like, oh, thank you, God, for not letting me die out there. Right. Because I could have. And so we got to think about, I, you know, I teach my kids to don't live your life for today. Live right. your life for the future. Right. The, the decisions you make now are the ones you're going to be living for in the future. So when you make your decisions, make your decisions on what you want the outcome to be in the end. And right. so, um, and I had to learn that. I have not always done that, but once right. you start living and making your decisions for like, oh, wait, I can't do this because if I do this, then this is going to happen. No, because with everything that you do, there is a consequence. Good, bad, ugly. It's right. a and are you willing to deal with the consequences of that choice? It's because a man made you mad you get you walk away from God. Yeah, I know. I did it twice. So, but does it make it right? No. Right. So, um, that's when uh, the church really comes in. When people walk away and when people um, are wounded and stop saying there's no such thing as church hurt because people get hurt by the people who say they are the church. Right. And makes them call it church hurt. So it does exist. And as long as we don't acknowledge a thing. It's just like with alcoholism or anything else. If you say it don't exist, oh, I'm not. My ex-husband told me, he was like, oh, I'm not an uh, alcoholic. I'm a drunk. He said, you know the difference? Uh, 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 alcoholic admits something wrong with him. A drunk don't. Well, which one you want to be? <laughs> okay. Right. You want to admit you got a problem? I guess, he, I guess he felt one was better than the other. I don't know. Yeah, Quint say you go in the hospital to get well. You don't go in the hospital to stay the way you at. You don't want to be like the man by the pool, sit there all those years. Right. Do that. You want? Do you want to be made whole? Right. Do you want to be well? But you know what? That's that's what he asked him. Do he you said, want? Okay. He said, "This is what I need you to go do." Right. This is what he asked him. And then he said, this is what I need you to go do. Mm -hmm. This man took some mud and some spit. You know what I'm And slapped it on somebody's face. He said, now go wash face. Mm -hmm. This could have been done the whole time. Right. <laughs> but, you know, it, it, it's just, a, again, you know, the Bible says they take the foolish things to come out the wise. But I, I promise you. Just that one little, that one little parable was it. I just touched the hem of your garment and I'm whole. That's it. That's it. It doesn't take much, but, but because we just can't let people get us to the place where we don't trust God. You know what I'm saying? Where we don't believe that he never put more on us than we can bear. Where we don't believe that, um, you know, it don't matter what we're seeking for, that he will give, he will meet our needs. Right. He said, you look at the birds. 
what more would I do for you? I'm right. first. I'm protecting them in the storm. Right. Like think about the birds. They live outside. They in trees. Where do they go when the storm? They go somewhere when the storm. They they got a safe place. Right. God is our safe place. And so, and if we hide in Him, it 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 again it go it goes back to what He says. He says, "If you seek Me first, yes, all else will be added." He didn't say some. He said all that's right would be added. The problem is the reason why it ain't being added is because you ain't seeking. Mm-hmm. That's good. And then we we wonder why. Are you seeking him wholeheartedly? Or are you seeking him halfway? And that's that's the whole point. Like he he said, just seek him. That's that's all he said. That's right. He who, girl, that's one of my favorite scriptures. He who dwells in the secret place. Come on, shall abide. Okay, this is one of the things. It's I will bless the Lord at all times. All times. No matter what I, I'm gonna bless Him at all times. You preaching? This it is just one of the biggest things that you gotta sit back and you gotta say that stuff to yourself. He give it to you so you can speak and preach it to yourself. You ain't got to have nobody preach to you. Uh-uh. He give it to you so you can look at it and say, self, the, that physician said, be ill. That's what it say. Uh-huh. He said that he was bruised for our iniquity. That's what he said. But the whole point is, are you willing to admit the iniquities first? Yeah. And it's just so it's just so much that people it, it if you could just really sit back and just say, okay, God, you know what? Here I am. I'm coming to you naked and unashamed. Because you know me inside and out. I'm giving it to you just like it is. But you know what I need from you? I need you to renew in me a right heart and a clean spirit. Mm-hmm. That's what I need. I need it. If there's something in me that ain't like you, I need you to remove it. Because I, I, I want to do what you want me to do. And I can't do it if another spirit is trying to overpower you. I need that spirit to be removed first. And we got the we got the power really to deliver ourselves. At the end of the day, you got the word in front of you to help you deliver yourself. A lot of people don't feel like that can happen, but baby, you can have your own delivery service right in your living room. Absolutely. You do not have to wait for an altar call. See, that's the difference between them and us back in those days, too, because we have God with us. You know, the Holy Spirit is in us. So that really um that really um is a powerful thing that we have him in us. You know what I'm saying? And because he's in us, all we have to do is ask. The Bible said, ask, and it shall be given. We don't right. never ask, 
Don't think things just going to happen. You got to ask. Seek and ye shall find. Knock in the door. It's, the, the whole point is it requires something on our part. Right. It requires something on our part. And so, yeah. It's always something, it's always something about us that we are ever so not willing to give up. Mm-hmm. And that's the part that we need to let go of the most. Some of us, so some of us call it vulnerabilities. That's what some of us like to call it. But your vulnerabilities will keep you in a bad place. Mm-hmm. Because you feel like, well, oh, I can't let I can't let that guard down. I gotta keep this wall up. I, I gotta stay guarded right here. Yes, the Bible does say guard your heart. It says it. We and we say guard your gates all the time. But that 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 stone around your heart though, that ain't got nothing to do with guarding your heart. That stone need to be chiseled away so that he can get to it. Allow him to love you so that you can love you and then you can learn how to love other people. Yeah. And that goes back to what I said earlier. Uh, We got to see God for who he really is and his power, his might. Um, He is an awesome God and he loves us just the way we are. But as my pastor said, he loves us too much to leave us the way we are. That's it. And so um, because of that love, he sent the ultimate sacrifice. Right. But he made that ultimate sacrifice. But now we have to make a sacrifice as well. Yep. So and until we make that sacrifice and really give God a real yes, not to say we're gonna be perfect after that. Because every level we go to is some stuff we're gonna have to shake off. You were talking about levels when I first came on. Mm-hmm. You know, level you that you go to in school that I went to in school, it, I had to shake myself off and like regroup and do some things a different way. Right. So it'll it'll expose some areas that you thought you was okay, but you know, stop. you see that? You still got a little edge of that that's got to be worked on. You still right. got a piece of this that needs to be pulled out. I call them thorns in my side. Right. <laughs> call them. Uh, but listen, I'm I'm not going to let go until he bless me. And so right. I, I mess up. I'm going to get back up. I'm going to ask for forgiveness and keep it moving. And I'm not saying that I'm doing the same thing over and over. But when you get to new levels, there are some things that you may not even recognize was a thing. Right. So um, you got to always be before him, seeking him like, God, what, like Peter, is it me? Oh, yeah, it's you. Right. Is it me, Lord? Is it me, Lord? That that you must do. Judas, what Judas did. Right. It was necessary. Yes. Judas not did that, then we still be in the same boat that we were in before that. Before. Was necessary and so there are some things that we are we have to go through that are necessary there are some things that's gonna that we have to do that are necessary there are some people we're gonna have to let go of some things we're gonna have to let go of that are necessary yes but we got to be willing like jesus we have to let go right absolutely go back right. to first love and rededicate that's and it. I'm gonna tell you something, and I and I'm not I'm not crazy by any measure, but I am. <laughs> but I'm not. 
<laughs> but because I'm just crazy enough to believe what his word says. You know what I'm saying? Right. Because I believe it. And like you say, take it at face value. Whatever revelation he gives, I accept it. Even if it's something that I don't like. But God, can you teach me this? That's it. Show me how to do this. Can you help me walk this out? And I, what I'm telling y'all is this. Not only if we are in right relationship with him, will he do it? But he will send people who will do it. I didn't know. Yeah, he will. I didn't know. Coco, a year ago, I believe it was a year ago, yesterday, the 28th, yep. I it was, um, that I was on their first podcast. And listen, I didn't want to be on the podcast. I didn't really want to be on here tonight. I had my pajamas on. I had to get myself situated and throw on a shirt and some, some shorts so I can come on tonight. I don't want to do this. I don't like talking. I don't like talking to people. But we got to stretch ourselves if that's what God is calling us to do, to do what he's called us to do and to be who he's called us to be. And I have lost friends. I have lost family. Um, and oh, does it hurt? Did I throw them away? No, they not. On, they not on mute on my phone. They not blocked on my phone. Um, they are still. They still have access to me, and I still pray for them and cover them. But at the end of the day, it doesn't matter about what they do or what they did. It's about what we do. It's about what we do. And so I still say I die daily because there are some things that really will maybe tick me off a little bit. Yeah. But then I have to come to myself like the prodigal son in that hog pen and say, right. well, if this is not what God will, God wouldn't be pleased with me doing this and re and get my mind right because it all starts with a thought. And so if we have our thoughts lined up with the word of God, then we're going to be okay. But when right. our thoughts are not lined up, the Bible says, so as a man think it, so, so is he. Right. So our thoughts have to line up with the word of God. And really, we got to be careful with words. Yeah. I have a spiritual daughter, and she said, Ma, she said, I have to look at words and really look at the words and, ex and analyze the words for what they really are. Because you can use a word wrong and it makes everything about the word, the sentence that you just said wrong. You right. know, so we have to be cognizant of that. I'm the first person to say if I say something wrong or whatever, or I'll catch myself and say, oh, I renounced that. I shouldn't have never said that. Or, you know, you got to be careful about what you speak. Life and death is in the power of the tongue. Mm -hmm. And we're going to eat the fruit of our tongue. We're living the fruit of our tongue. Whatever we said, that's what we're going to live. So we got to be careful. I don't care how bad it's tearing you up. We got to be careful what we speak. And so I'm still a work in progress. I have not arrived. I have a t-shirt that I have that's worn, worn out. I got to get somebody to make me a new one that says, <laughs> not perfect, I'm forgiven. Right. I'm not perfect, I'm forgiven. And guess what? Because I know I'm not, I know you're not too. That's it. So I have to, I have to give grace to you. And I have to show grace to you because God is showing grace to me. And why, why would I expect anything less from anybody if I'm not going to give that same grace that God has given to me? If I'm not going to give that same forgiveness that God, God forgives us and throws into the sea of forgetfulness. And no, we're human. Maybe we can't forget. 
but we absolutely can't forgive and it, it's more important for us to forgive because that's for more for us than the person anyways so i had to forgive god i had to forgive other people and i had to forgive myself and as fred said earlier forgiving myself was the hardest part and you want to know why because i was judging me based on doctrine and not on the word that part and so when I really has began to get in this word and I told my mother, I said, oh, I hate myself. I should know better. I should this. I should. And she was like, I've never heard nobody say that. And I was like, I do. I should have known better than to do this. And I should have known. Like, I know the word. I've been in the word. And I still. And she was like, but you're human. And so I had to come down off of that high horse and give myself grace. So don't be afraid. I know, right? I need another shirt, sis. Listen, we <laughs> got to give ourselves grace and we got to give other people grace. And we have to show the love that God showed when he sacrificed. Love requires a sacrifice on our part. And are we willing to do that? Are we willing to sacrifice? The last, and I, this is my, so my why. I don't want to get to the gates. And God said, I told you to do something you didn't do. I told you to feed somebody you didn't feed. I told you to love the unlovable and right. you didn't do it. I told you to go to the nursing home. I told you to feed that man on the corner. I told you to give this person a blanket. I told you to take all the money out of your purse, even though you didn't have none, and give it to this person. The other day I was in the store. I don't have no money like that, God. Why am I doing this? But he showed me that I, when I gave the money, I'm like, God, why, why am I doing this? Why, why am I giving this person my money? And then I walked through the house a few days later, and it wasn't the same amount. And I said, God, I haven't found no money in a long time. I need to find some money. I used to find money all the time. I said it in my mind. Went to my father's house a few days later and found $5. I ended up going late, so I ended up parking down the street where I have never parked three houses away from my father's house. And parked there just to find five dollars because God was showing me this. Why you doing it? You doing it because you did. I told you to give that person the money. You gave it to them out of your need, and be, and because you gave them out of your need, I'm showing you that I will supply your need. And here's five dollars towards what I had you to give. And if I can give you that, I can give you more than that because I am your source. I am your source. Everything else is a resource. So I said, I just met Quint and Coco a year ago. And they, and man, we ain't been in no church together. We ain't been in no four walls. I have not even met them in person. But when I tell you what they have poured into me and what they have helped me walk through, it's amazing the things that I have learned and from them and the things that God has done through me and the push that I got to get on the show, the push that I got to go to the next level in some areas that I didn't want to do. And, it's, and it was done so much in love, forceful love, but love, <laughs> nonetheless. So, and so when I say surround, we need to surround ourselves with people like that. People who genuinely love God and genuinely love God's people. And so that we do see the true nature of God's church in the true people 
of God. There are counterfeits out here. Don't judge God on the counterfeit. Judge him on yeah. the king. On the true child of God. On the true church. If you walk in a building and it don't fit, sit well with your spirit, you're in the wrong building. Keep looking. Don't quit. Don't give up on God. As the song say, don't give up on God because he's not going to give up on you. He's not. He said, I'll never leave nor, nor forsake you. But can we say the same thing about him? Coco, I'm going to stop talking because I'll start preaching. <laughs> I was, sorry, no, we'd be up on the phone, me, you, Quint, the three, four o'clock in the morning. I'm not doing this with y'all today. I'm not, uh, honest, I get on it here. It's all right. It is all right. Okay, it, it, it's all right because, like I said, this I, I just titled tonight just a little chat because that's that's all I, it was going to be was a little chat. It, it's just to let people know that no two people are going to be on the same level. And I don't expect people to be where y'all feel like we are. And I don't even feel, I, I mean, there's no competition when it comes down to kingdom. Mm -mm. you say you living for the kingdom we living for the kingdom we striving to be in the same place period that's that's the way i see it you know and and we all are are a work in progress okay yeah. and at the end of the day that's it you we all are a work in progress until he has completed the work mm -hmm. then then and only then will we be done Yes. I, I don't think that we are at that point where he has completed the work yet. Mm -mm. All right. So I think that that means we still got more work to do. And until that time has come, this is what we have to do. We like to make sure that people such as yourselves, the viewers that are watching, that you know, we want to make sure that you know. Again, we tell you all the time to study, to show your own self approved but mainly study so that you know the word of God for yourself so that you may be able to hide it in your heart for the times when you may not have a Bible to be able to throw them through. And, and them days are coming. For some countries, it's already here. Mm -hmm. For some countries, they can't even have Bibles. No. So if they didn't already know the word, they'll never know it. And, and we don't want to see that happen because I, I it would be sad. Because I know that there are plenty of people that have never picked it up. And it's sad that they'll never know the instruction manual that was left behind for them. The instruction manual on how to speak life into themselves. Yeah. The instruction manual that'll show, that'll tell them what to speak over themselves for certain situations in life. And, and it'll be sad that you'll never know these things. It'll be sad that you'll never know what agape love is. Love with no condition. Yeah. You know, and it, it'll be sad that you'll never be able to experience it, but we want you to experience these things. The Bible said that he left the 99 to go get the one. Mm -hmm. And I hope that if you are that one tonight, that you will pick it up and start to read it for yourself. Amen. You know what I mean? I, I just, just, just get a relationship for yourself. You don't have to tell nobody. You can do it in your private time. If you think that people found out that you you beginning to know God would taint your reputation, as some people say, do it in your private time. But know this, God ain't ashamed of you, so don't be ashamed of him. 
Amen. Trust me when I tell you. Because just like you are now, he'll take you exactly the way you are and use you to talk to your friends. Yes. You'll be surprised. I promise you, when he did that to me, I said, oh, Lord, you got me talking to the wrong group. That's what I said when I first, when he first did that to me. But I, I promise you, I didn't get met with opposition because he had already laid it out. You know, when he sends you to do something, he equips you before you go. Mm-hmm. And he goes before you, before you go. Yes. So we have to remember that. If he sends you, he equips you and he goes before you, before you go. Yes. It'll never, it'll never be like that. And we have to understand that. So with all of that, I thank you, coach, for coming on. We're not going to hold y'all no more because we could do this all night. I promise you we could. I'm not going to hold y'all no more. I do want y'all to take the time to read the word for yourself. Get a prayer life if you don't do nothing else. Get a prayer life because that's communication with God. Commune with him for a little while and see what he got to say. I promise you, you won't be disappointed. Mm -hmm. So with that being said, I love y'all to life. Nothing you can do about it. Live every day on purpose and make it count. All right. So, Coach, thank you for coming on tonight. Quint, thank you for being in the comment section. Fred, thank you for coming on while you could. Thank you, Simone, as always. And I got a little a little uh, incentive for you guys. All right. So, starting September the 1st. All right. There will be a keyword posted in the chat and said by the host on the nights that we have shows. On a certain night, I need the people that are watching and commenting in the comment section to remember that keyword. The first three people that are in the chat that remember that keyword, we're going to do a giveaway. So y'all got to remember. That's all I got to say. So y'all got to sit back and see what the giveaway is going to be. You won't know. It's just going to arrive to your house and we're going to hope that you guys enjoy it. All right. So September is going to be the keyword phrase. Y'all got to remember the keyword phrase in order to win the giveaway. It's going to be three people. All right. So it's going to be three giveaways in the, in the month of September. All right. So I love y'all. And I'll see y'all again on Thursday night. Tomorrow night, we're going to show uh, Bobby's show. will be on. And Wednesday night, it'll be all of us on with Fred. He has a, he's doing a collective panel with all of the hosts uh, coming on. And we're going to be breaking some stuff down and, and deciphering some stuff for y'all. So I think y'all going to enjoy that. But we, we're going to come on as a collective on Wednesday night. And then it'll be us again on Thursday night. So We'll be happy to be back up here with y'all once again. And I love you all. See y'all Wednesday and Thursday. All right. Y'all have a great night.